Adam Angst, and the Apple Cider User Group. This is Mac Voices. Today's Mac Voices is supported by Quip. Better oral health made simple. Go to getquip.com slash macvoices to save $10 on a Quip smart electric toothbrush. So that's why... I was uh, I was glad the uh, month started early so we could get Chuck and Adam in before all the announcements came out and they would be too busy for the next three weeks writing <laughs> stuff. <laughs> oh no, we we once once those announcements come out, we just kind of sit back and let it wash over <laughs> us so. yeah. for about thirty seconds, and then yeah, right, <laughs> yeah, and then we drown. So yeah. yep. well, yeah. someone asked uh, Jason Snell how long it takes him to do all those charts he does for every analyst call. And he says it's a macro. I push a button, come back in half an hour, it's done. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We do we do various we do similar ones. Although our charts we speak keep specific to the quarter, and yeah, it's all just a matter of uh, of getting the um, the data in. You put the data in, and then it just regenerates everything. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's uh, some of that stuff's easy, but the announcements not easy. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and the last announcement at WWDC, we all kept waiting for the hardware announcements, and they never came, and never came, and then Tim said goodbye and left. <laughs> but, 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 yeah, new Max, we want new Max. Come on, yeah, come on here. Well, that's that's what you get for listening to rumors. Yeah. Well, now the, the now the rumors are saying we might not see any new hardware until next year, and if they do announce the iPhone 13 um, as expected, um, it may not ship until October. Um, a lot, a lot due to part shortages and manufacturing shortages overseas. Yeah. Still trying to recover from uh, from COVID. Yeah. Well, they they definitely, um, you know, last year obviously everything was up and up in the air, and they, they they waited till October to announce the iPhones. So, you know, this year they I think they they may have had the you know, like the feeling they should get back on schedule, but. You know, chip shortages are hitting everyone. I mean, Apple's doing better than just about anyone out there, and they're still having troubles. I remember reading a um, uh, uh, somebody had a breakdown of COVID insurance, and in <laughs> Apple's 10K filing, I think it was last year, they um, they had a COVID insurance clause, and so they got paid extra money for for uh, for all their shutdown. So it wasn't as big a deal for them to shut down. And then somebody. Um, uh, noted that Wimbledon, uh, that was canceled last year, had a COVID clause, and so they didn't lose any money either. Huh. <laughs> yes, oh. they had pandemic insurance. Yeah, which is Who one of those to things. to get pandemic insurance before yeah. this? <laughs> well, it happens every hundred years, and the last one was a hundred years ago, so we're due, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Just like those hundred-year floods that roll around every five years now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> notice that chuck's sitting in the dark because he's about to get hammered by a thunderstorm so <laughs> yes like well, i just got a tropical storm mindy warning coming up the gulf coast <laughs> that sh- shouldn't make it this far north yeah that's what they said about ida no yeah <laughs> yeah no it's been amazing I, I i've switched using carrot weather on my on my uh, on my iphone and it does great it does great alerts but holy cats have been there been a lot of them you know, like there's constant flood advisories and, you know, severe thunderstorms and tornadoes. <laughs> it's like, gee. Adam, can you limit that to a smaller geographic area? Oh, boy. <laughs> it is just your area. That's the problem. 
so so it, it's actually one of the things I love about Carrot is it will um, I don't think I have a good example of it, um, but it will say like the National Weather Service says there's a, a thunderstorm watch for or, or a warning or whatever for these counties, and Carrot will report that because you're in one of those counties. They don't the thunderstorm, but they will then modify that alert with their data to say, but you're outside it. Um, so like this one, yeah, thunderstorms are rolling through, but they're going to go north of you. You don't have to worry. I mean, you know, you may still get wet, but you're not in the, in the, in the harm's way. So, so I think that's been, I've actually quite liked that. Um, you know, they don't have, uh, the warnings are, are broad, but they'll, 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 they'll narrow it down. Sure, it's the one that's snarky, isn't it? Yeah, it can be. <laughs> I, I actually I keep it at the lowest level of snark because it gets really quite obnoxious at the higher levels. <laughs> and that's assuming that they know what's really going to happen. You know, there's there's still that element of, well, you know, we were going to get those 25 inches of rain, but it just missed us. The storm just turned. Yeah, I mean, they it's it's always it's always a guess, but uh, they they get pretty all. So one of the things that's also interesting about Carrot is that it lets you pick your weather source. So there's a lot of different sources of all the actual data. Um, and I've always preferred dark sky, um, which Apple bought. Um, and so that remains, uh, that remains one of the sources. Um, but, you know, if you prefer AccuWeather or, you know, Weather Underground or whatever, those are all possibilities as well. You get to pick, which is kind of, kind of fun. Um, but carrots, I read once carrots. that everything comes from the National Weather Service to start with. Yeah. And then each company, you know, disseminates it the way they want. Well, they also run their own models um, and, and modify. Plus, um, for the local stuff, um, like Weather Underground in particular, like they have, if people people can set up their own independent weather stations and, and connect them to Weather Underground, and then Weather Underground will use their local data in making predictions and and saying what's happening where. Um, so that's that's kind of the thing. Um, and a weather bug... Weatherbug put like stations on schools, for instance. I think they would do deals with the schools, like, "Hey, we'll put this on, and you can use it in your science classes." Um, so, um, so yeah, that's how a lot of the hyperlocal stuff comes from. Because National Weather Service doesn't have that much hyperlocal. Good yeah, example of that is when you see the various tracks when they're predicting where hurricanes are going to go. The European model and all the other models. Yeah. I'm sure they're all working off the same core data, but as you said, it's how they're interpreting uh -huh. it and end up with those different tracks and it's the same way for all weather as versus uh, who's analyzing it and and i swear sometimes you know I, those of us i'm like i'm a runner and i run on a bike so i'm outside a lot and i care fairly deeply about the weather so i'm always looking at the at the maps and doing the animations to see where things are going I sometimes think that like my gut feeling is better than uh, um, than than what the what the forecast will do because like I grew up I grew up here like I I mean yes weather's changed but I still have a feel of how it works around here and I think sometimes their models don't quite pick up some of that you know local knowledge. Adam, how do you spell the name of that thing? Is it like the orange vegetable? Garrett? It is exactly like the orange vegetable. All right. Um, and, uh, it's, it's a, it's a subscription one, like all of them are these days, because weather data is not free. You know, all the, all the companies have to buy weather data. And so there's basically no free apps other than apples, um, or free apps that have any useful data anyway. <laughs> um, the other thing that's really interesting about Carrot, um, it's, it's sort of the ultimate geeks weather app because it's completely customizable. You can completely rebuild the interface to look exactly the way you want, um, which is 
kind of fun. I mean, it can be overwhelming if you get too too if you don't don't really know what you're getting into. But uh, you know, its defaults are fine. But if you're like, oh, it, it wastes a lot of space on this, you can often you know make it smaller or change change the look or whatever. So it's it's kind of fun that way too. So you can make it sunny every day. <laughs> no, but it's very self-congratulatory when it's sunny. So let's see if I pull it up right now. Um, it's gonna. It's telling me. Oh yeah, sometimes it just. It, sometimes it just. It has jokes. How do you fix a broken pumpkin with a pumpkin patch? Oh. <laughs> so uh, yeah. So um, there's. You know, here we go. As a reward for good behavior, I have generated a pleasant day for you. So this is this is the lowest level of snark. As I said, it really does get pretty um, vulgar at higher levels. So, um, how does it monitor your behavior? <laughs> <laughs> now, now, it's an iPhone. We all know this. <laughs> Somebody's always watching. Come on, always watching. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if it's not good behavior, then you know. There was an app that tried to do that. Um, it would, it would basically, I think, it would like watch your tweets to to try to determine what your mood was, and if you were getting too dark, um, it would warn you. So, so the very first thing that did that was many years ago. Eudora um, added um, what they, the, uh, Steve Dorner called uh, a flame flame warning. And there were you would write a message, and it would it would look for certain le- certain words in, in your in your message, and it would assign it chili peppers to indicate how <laughs> likely it was to cause a flame war. And so uh, this was the the very first time when I was like, yeah, you might not want to send that. <laughs> you know, that's 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 three chili peppers, so you're going to regret that one. We always uh, used but, to joke about that. You know, write the write the most scathing email you want in in rebut to something, and then delete it. Yeah. <laughs> always best always best yeah. just to get it off your chest you Mentally. will regret it otherwise yeah. yeah or at least hold it for 24 hours before you yeah. send it yeah yeah well what else do we need to, to any other top of the hour stuff we need to get out of the way or should we well, we were in? talking about some of the news and, and news looks, that's there was, right there was a couple of interesting things that apple has done recently um they bought a uh, classical music streaming service, Primephonic. Yeah. Um, one of the criticisms of the Apple Music has always been the lack of classical music, um, and especially the um, <laughs> organization of classical music. It's one of the weird um, types of music where the same song might have hundreds of versions from different composers, different orchestras. You know, It might be a 500-year-old piece of music that's been played a thousand times. <laughs> And so it's it classical has been off, often tricky to um, to try to categorize. And um, uh, iTunes over the years has added more um, um, ID three tags, the, the the tags in the in the file to try to help determine where a music can go. So you have a composer uh, field now. You have uh, um, an album artist in addition to an artist. So you might have a a um, an album that has a bunch of different songs from different people on it. So you have a different album artist. And so they've been trying to do that. Uh, but it is kind of neat that they've, uh, um, they acquired um, uh, this classical source to have more classical music. And the, the other thing they announced is um, lossy music is now available for streaming. 
uh, in the um, in the uh, Apple Music, and the um, lost less. Lost, sorry, yes, lost <laughs> less music. So the MP3s and even, and even the better quality AACs we've been listening to for years are lossy. Throws away bits of the music it doesn't think you'll miss, usually the highs and the lows. Um, and the, the sort of the joke is that a generation of kids have grown up listening to crappy MP3s on tiny earbuds and don't know what real music sounds like. <laughs> and so there's all these flame wars about you know lossless music and and I can't tell the difference. This you know this MP3 is just fine. Well, because you've been listening to crap for years. Uh, but there are purists that do like to have the the lossless music, uh, the Apple lossless codec. You can you can set your your iTunes app to to rip CDs in lossless already. Uh, you you generally get about a fifty percent compression uh, with lossless, where uh, MP3 got you a ninety percent compression. So that was one of the big advantages. You know, twenty years ago. It's hard to imagine iTunes is 20 years ago um, that you could fit so many songs on uh, an iPod because it can compress it so good. Um, and then they, they switched to the better quality uh, AAC, the advanced audio codec from Dolby Labs. Um, and now with Apple lossless, you get even better quality. It's uh, 44K, yeah, 44K 16 kilohertz CD quality audio. Um, and then they have a higher tier you can subscribe to uh, which is 192k, I think it was. Um, that if you want the higher quality music, the irony is that none of Apple's uh, uh, Bluetooth headphones, uh, even the $550 AirPod Max, um, are capable of playing lossless music uh, because Bluetooth is not capable of the bandwidth of yeah. lossless music. It was designed for keyboards and mice. You know, low bandwidth, low power. Um, and then people started making um, uh, music out of it, which is fine for MP3s. But now when you want to do lossless, you have to have a really good uh, wired speaker uh, or wired headphones. Uh, and frequently you need a separate DAC, a digital audio converter, especially for your phone uh, to play the, uh, the higher quality versions. Uh, because the, the, the DAC in your phone uh, or your computer may not be enough to play the super high quality version. So it's you know the irony is that you can you can have this lossless music and then don't listen to it on your Bluetooth headset. <laughs> One of the interesting things that Apple said in regard to that Prime Phonic announcement was that um, sometime in the next six months they're actually going to be releasing um, a new app for classical music specifically. So I think there's a little bit of an acknowledgement that the music app just even with all the extra ID3 tags you were talking about just isn't designed for classical. And it may be too hard to redesign music for classical and other types of things. They're just going to do a new app, um, which will be kind of interesting to see how they do that for. What if it will be the Prime Phonic app? Probably starting from there, yeah. <laughs> it's been done before, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, with um, iTunes, Neil, for instance, which was Sound Jam to start. Yeah. Uh, who was it? Was it Neil Young that did the Pono player years ago? He tried to start a new. Um, music streaming service service that was only lossless, yeah. but it required its own special player because the iPod couldn't do lossless at the time, and that, that pretty well tanked. And then Jay Z didn't was it Jay Z who did Tidal? Yeah, I think Title. Yeah, Tidal, yeah, but they charge extra for it. Yeah. Um, and and there were rumors that Spotify was going to uh, release a lossless tier that would uh, charge you extra, and then when Apple came out and said free. 
um, you know, the joke is Spotify went, oh, okay, free. <laughs> Another monetization stream down the tube. Yeah. <sighs> I posted a link in the uh, Zoom chat for um, the Apple loss list in, um, in iOS. You need, uh, you need um, iOS 14.6 or later uh, to be able to do it on your phone. And uh, Mac OS, uh, oh, 11.4 or later. Yeah, it's pretty specific. So pretty, uh, pretty recent versions of the OS. And if you want, if you want to play something higher than 48 kilohertz, you need an external DAC. Ironically, the Apple TV can play it um, without needing an extra DAC, uh, but you have to have a high enough quality HDMI cable, and your speakers have to support the high res lossless rates. So even if even if your device can do it, your uh, speakers have to have that ability too. I've just actually been spending a whole lot of time. I was telling Chuck very briefly before the meeting. I've been spending a ton of time messing with audio on my Mac because uh, my speakers died. I have Altec Lansing FX sixty two hundred one speakers, two two speakers here and a subwoofer, um, and they died after fifteen years. I mean, come on. Yeah, I'm like I'm I'm annoyed. So I want to replace them, but you know, didn't you know, like takes me it's gonna take me a while to figure that out. But I did discover something really interesting, which I hadn't known before. I have an iMac here, 27-inch iMac, and a 27-inch Thunderbolt display here. They both have speakers in them. And so it turns out using a utility that is built into Mac OS called Audio MIDI Setup, mm-hmm. you can create a multi-device output that combines multiple sets of speakers. Now, I'm using that so, right now to merge the uh, YouTube uh, video with the OBS video with my microphone. <laughs> excellent. There we go. So anyway, it's just it was one of those things where it's it, you know on, you know you go, you run into all sorts of interesting stuff. But I was I was I won't say shocked. I was interested to see that Apple had been had provided this really kind of tweaky tool. Hasn't been updated in ages um, in any significant way. I don't think. Um, but there's probably uh, one person that wrote it and it's not yeah. there anymore. Well, I'm going to be curious if they change it because um, the Apple Style Guide has explicitly um, uh, deprecated the term master, and yet yeah. it uses master everywhere for the master speaker. Um, and yeah, I got to so change like, it to hmm. primary and secondary. I'm going to be really curious if they do that. I'm going to I'll mention that in my article. I was like, see, we'll see if they're going to update it for the Style Guide. So, yeah. so um, can I do it on two monitors? Yep. I got two if, external monitors on my iMac. As long the as the monitors have speakers in them, yeah. yeah, yeah. As long as they show up in the in the uh, sound preferences pane as outputs um, in the audio MIDI setup, you'll find it in applications slash utilities. Oh, so, if you're using the it. headphone jack on your computer to drive the audio, then it probably won't. But if the if the speakers in the monitors have their own USB uh, output, then they probably would. Uh-huh. So, I, yeah, I and, and if you wait just a couple of days, we'll be an article in tidbits about it. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's good. Well, I Very think you, soon. Can also, you can also accomplish that with uh, sound source from uh, Rogue Amoeba. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think you can don't, combine. Don't I mean, I know you can so. direct sound to specific places, uh, you know, per app. but I'm not. I don't think I'm you can sure. combine them. And the reason why I say you that in combine. part is because I asked uh, Paul Kafasis of Rogue Amoeba to edit my article. And he didn't say, hey, I could you could have done this in SoundSource. Oh. Well, that's, 
Well, you do need well, SoundSource though. And the reason is um, that uh, SoundSource is a great little utility for audio stuff. Um, when you make a multi-device output, you can't control it with the system volume keys or with the or with the uh, the you know just the volume slider in the in the sound output pane um, and i think what they're thinking is is that you're controlling like external speakers that have their own controls um, but sound source has a has a uh, a little um, checkbox you can you can tweak in its preferences that gives you that feature back um, and so your all of your keys work again for being able to control volume and mute and things like that so um, yeah, it's an, it was a fascinating article to write. I mean, I learned a bunch of stuff that I didn't know. And, uh, and as I said, you, you can all read it in a day or two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've used uh, Audio Hijack for a while when I needed to um, grab audio from one uh, program and feed it into another program. Yeah. Those Amigas in their, uh, oh, they changed their logo. I haven't been to their website in a while. They used <laughs> yeah, to be they, Amiga with an AK. <laughs> yeah, they, they just, for, they, after one of the shootings, they decided this was no longer funny. Yeah. So, Although the O in there in Rogue is, is a target. Yeah. Yeah, that's that, that's their, that was their concession to the, the old style. Um, I remember when they when they changed it, and it was because it was one of those things where it was just one of those they they you know the, one of the mass shootings happened, and they're just like, oh, we can't do this anymore, you know. <laughs> it was it was it was amusing, you know, twenty years ago when they started. So political correctness strikes again. <laughs> well, <laughs> cringeworthiness strikes again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, no one was making them do it. They just, they just felt terrible. So, um, well, the other big news, I don't know if people, people saw this, uh, if you talked about this last time, I, I don't know if you had a chance, actually, the whole um, Apple detecting child sexual yeah. abuse material when they said, Apple said, oh, we're going to delay that. <laughs> what, what I have, what I find I guess most annoying is that people don't understand what it's doing no, um, and, and how it's doing it. It's on your phone only. It's not Apple doing it. And Google and Facebook already are doing this and, and no one seems to care, but Apple said they would do it and everyone got upset. Yeah. Now I, I, we wrote about this a bunch in tidbits, um, both trying to explain the technology in two articles. And then when they canceled it, I was just making the comment that a great deal of the media coverage was, tremendously uninformed and inaccurate and therefore and it's like there's legitimate criticisms of this don't get me wrong there's all sorts of questions to ask and they're good questions to ask but they have to be based on the on the reality of what what apple said not on you know hearsay and and so much of what people were like oh apple's scanning your photos no they're not you know, like you cannot use the term Apple is scanning your photos. Um, you know, that is a, that phrase is inaccurate in, in multiple ways. And so, you know, so much of what was, was written about it um, just wasn't based on, 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 on good information. So, but we'll see. I mean, you know, it's all, it's all back up in the air. And, uh, you know, the two possibilities that I see is, you know, sometime next year, they'll come out with something that either hopefully has a much better story behind it and solve some of the legitimate criticisms. Um, or, you know, it might just quietly disappear. 
It's happened before. The first time somebody tries to sue Apple for allowing child pornography on their phone. See, we could have stopped that, but you got mad at us. Yeah. So there was one article out there that that said, and this this is controversial to say the least, that the iPhone was the child pornographer's phone of choice because of the security. You know, that, that because it couldn't it could not be tracked. So, you know, it's sort of damning with some kind of weird praise, but you know, that's yeah. that's why they picked so, it. So here's the the question which no one has asked that I've seen, which I think is the most interesting question of, of the whole lot of it, is what do we as a society think about a device that is both monitoring for and reporting criminal activity taken by the user? Because that's what's happening. I mean, you know, that I mean, but they're not scanning your photos, but if you were to have known illegal CSAM was called on your phone, and this is known. I mean, this is they're not they're not matching against random other new things. It's only known stuff, and you uploaded that to iCloud Photos. That's when you, if you did enough of it, then you would be reported to Apple. They would verify, and then could be reported to law enforcement. So, I mean, that's very very specific, and there were lots of lots of uh, of, of safeguards built in. But in essence, you know, at a very core level. How is that different than your car tattling on you for speeding? One of the things that we've started hearing is, is in every accident, the first thing the police do is subpoena your texting records yep. to see if you were texting or not. And then the defense attorney, um, um, you know, for whoever, for, for whoever you hit, uh, wants, uh, wants to know if you were texting or not so they can get more damages out of you. <laughs> and there was the famous hot tub murder a few years ago. Did you hear about that? <laughs> So there was a murder. Been away from Rochester, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't think it was in Rochester. So, so somebody got killed um, in in a house, um, and the smart water meter um, showed that 300 gallons of water was used at 3 a.m. So they think they tried to flush the evidence down the hot tub drain and refill the hot tub, and so the police were were um, um, trying to subpoena the. Uh, Amazon uh, uh, Echo Records. Um, sorry for any, anyone who had just triggered um, Alexa. <laughs> go to sleep. Uh, so that um, they could see if, if, you know. So the joke is whoever was being murdered said, was saying, hey, I'm getting killed by <laughs> Joe. <laughs> well, and what's different about this one and, and what's why, why I consider it so interesting is, is that there actually are a couple of technologies built into... Um, actually, mostly printers um, that 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 they're not monitoring, but they can be they can be used to identify a crime. So, for instance, um, color laser printers print a pattern of essentially invisible yellow dots that identify the printer uniquely, and this is designed to prevent counterfeiting. You know that these things are so good um, that they can print so high, such high quality now that you could in fact print money, uh, and so that's why this has been built in. And um, but but again, so that's you know it's in essence tattling on you, but only if you're only if like someone knows to look. Whereas what's different about this you know, technology that Apple proposed is that it would actually literally report you. 
you know, that, I mean, it wouldn't be a matter of them discovering that there was some, you know, some child pornography, uh, some child sexual abuse materials here, and, oh, we can trace that back to you. No, no, this is literally, it would is reporting on you for having uploaded these things. And I'm still really working out in my head what I think about a private corporation, you know, acting as a policeman. You know, you know I, one of, one of the, the things that is so odd about this is how Apple talks about security all the time and privacy all the time. And now they come out with this. And uh, I think this is going to hurt Apple. Oh, uh, and it has. The intent was to and, be more private. Yes. We want to we, yes. we keep your phones private by making sure you don't have any uh, of this uh, bad. Uh, no, signatures. no, no. Well, so, so, so there's, 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 there's doing doing the matching for CSAM wasn't designed to in, increase privacy for users that's literally designed to identify these these illegal materials and prevent revictimization um, but the technique that apple proposed which is really really complicated and extremely cool that was designed to increase the amount of privacy while still doing this. So for instance, if you upload to Google Photos or you upload photos to Facebook, all of those are being scanned for for CSAM. And they just are. I mean, you know, and and, um, to give you an idea of the amount of it, um, Facebook last year reported, um, and this is required by law um, if 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 you're one of these providers, they reported 20 million pieces of this stuff uploaded to Facebook in 2020. So, I mean, this is kind of a problem. I mean, this is not a, this is not a, this is not a little thing. And so, but so, yeah, so Facebook, no, you got no privacy whatsoever. Google photos, no privacy whatsoever. Google was, Google was much smaller. They were only like 500,000. So even Apple does do some of this scanning because they're going to required to, um, but it's only right now in outgoing email. And so Apple had 265 reports in 2020. So, you know, an order or whatever, however many orders of magnitude different from Facebook. But it gives you an idea of, of kind of what's going on. And so Apple just said, like, we're going we're gonna to do this. But we're going to do it in this really privacy-protecting way. And then they introduced it in the most bungled fashion you can imagine. I mean, they did, Apple did the worst possible PR job in this, which is why um, they've taken, you're, I mean, you're absolutely correct, um, Ken, that, that, that this is, a, you know, that they've, they've taken a major reputation hit for this. You and know, one of the things that I don't, under, I don't understand necessarily, uh, you know, how they do this, whatever, but it just seems to me that, you know, other governments like in China, they can say, well, you have this technology. I want you to report on, um, activists in china i want you to and that's the bigger concern is that this could um, lead to other issues and is it going to be a back door to different things where now the fbi is going to say well before you didn't have the technology to break into phones but now you have the technology the, to do this this is and this is the problem with the way apple introduced it which is the technology really doesn't lend itself to that in any way shape or form so for instance for China to use it, um, China would have to um, subvert both the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children and at least one other child safety organization in another country. 
then they would have to subvert Apple because all that this is doing is matching existing images. So and it doesn't check some. It's it's not the actual yeah. image. Right. It's just it's, it's just a number that represents the image. So basically it just says this number matches this other number. And if 30 of those numbers match, then it uploads um, previews to Apple and some poor person at Apple has to look at them. Now, they don't know what's in them and they don't know what they match. All they're looking for is, does it look like this is CSAM or is this an error? You know, so, you know, so if China, China would have to subvert it. And let's say China's, China, this is the, actually the best example is, is if China is looking for pictures of Tank Man. You know, the guy in, facing down the tank in Tiananmen Square, mm. that's a known image. So they could, in theory, subvert it into two or more of these child safety device, uh, databases. Thus, it would end up in Apple's thing, and thus Apple would see it. But Apple's reviewers would see a guy facing down a tank. They're not going to report that to anyone unless Apple then sub or China then subverts Apple to make them report Tank Man. So by the time you've gone down this rabbit hole, you're like, well, why wouldn't they just make Apple do whatever they want? You know, if they can, if they can, you know, if they if they have that much power, why are they going through this? These, running through these hoops, they're just going to say to Apple, turn over everything if you're, or we kick you out of the country. I think Australia and Germany just took a big hit on that too in the past couple of days. Yeah, they're, they, they're I, I big time. Yeah. Now China. In fact, China did get Apple to uh, China. put servers in yeah. China storing Chinese yeah. citizens' data. iCloud photos. Um, and that's, in China that's been is common scanned. for years. A lot of companies have done that. It, you know, going back to the BlackBerry days, yeah. where you, they put a BBM server in in all the Middle Eastern countries that wanted to uh, prevent their their um, citizens from speaking uh, publicly. Yeah. See, now they have to go to the Pegasus Group and buy buy software to target their activists. So it's you know it's, it's oh, way harder. Did you hear about Moxie Marlin Spike and the Celebrate no. box? So Moxie Marlin Spike Spike is a very famous uh, cryptographer. He wrote the Signal protocol that's used by a lot of messaging apps. It, it's basically perfect forward secrecy messaging. You cannot break it. Uh, he somehow somehow got his hands on one of the Celebrate boxes that they sell to police to break into any phone. And the thing's got a hundred dongles on it to, to be able to plug into any phones. He found there are so many bugs in this box that it's very easy to create a maliciously crafted file on your phone, then plug it into the box. You can read everyone else's data that's in the, in the <laughs> box. You can plant a basically a time bomb so that any future phones that are read by that box can go back to the first wh whoever put in the, the, the thing to begin <laughs> with. So suddenly this box is completely insecure and lawyers are already uh, demanding um, uh, uh, reviews and, uh, and uh, reopening cases uh, because uh, you know the chain of evidence is completely uh, broken now. Steve, what's that guy's name? Moxie Marlin Spike. Okay. Is which is, uh, just, no way. If I remember right, if I remember right, he actually changed it to that. Yeah, that's that's his his it's his, it's his legal name now. Yeah, <laughs> it can wasn't spell, originally. Can you put the spelling in the chat, please? Yeah. Thanks. Is it just me, or does it is is privacy? I mean, are we all just fooling ourselves with the privacy thing? 
Adam, so, I thought you, your question was really interesting from the uh, yeah. the iPhone reporting to law enforcement because insurance companies are out there offering you discounts to plug those little devices in your uh, um, ODN port mm-hmm. that will t- send information of all kinds about where you've been, how fast you're driving, yep. what hours of the day you're traveling back and forth. And at least with those, you theoretically know what you're doing. Theoretically. I mean, you know, that that's kind of the point of them, as opposed to the point of the iPhone is not to look for CSAM. You know, you don't get an iPhone. They give you a discount if you did not have that material. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but no, but I mean, seriously, it's, it's, I mean, I think it's, it's an interesting question because, I mean, you know, it gets, it gets into what are the roles of different parts of society? You know, that, you know, and I mean, and, and, and does the free market simply take care of it? You know, like, okay, well, I guess I'm not getting an iPhone because, um, you know, it's going to be doing this to, you know, it's going to be scanning and reporting. Or do people much more likely just say, yeah, I don't have any CSAM. I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not an illegal jerk. <laughs> um, I'm not a criminal, so I'm not going to worry about it. And, you know, from Apple's perspective, if they just get rid of all the all the all the criminals from their platform, that's probably that's probably a plus. I don't know. Adam, I'm when you, worth, when you talk about um, you know Facebook having what twenty million, yeah, of these reports, uh, yeah. reports, and uh, have they talked about when they reported to the authorities, and it turns out that it's wrong. So those are just reports, and and that means that a Facebook content moderator has determined that it is concerning in some way. Um, they're not attempting to determine legality or anything like that. There's something that the it's called NICMIC, National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, and they're a semi they're like a government approved organization to handle this stuff because all of this material is illegal. Um, it is illegal to possess it, it is illegal to transmit it, just illegal 100%. And so um, what they have is something called the cyber tip line. And that allows um, that allows anyone, individuals even, if you were emailed something, you could submit it to the, uh, to the cyber tip line. Um, but what they call electronic service providers, so Apple, Facebook, Google, Microsoft, um, anyone who runs a service um, where stuff is uploaded, um, they're legally required if they're aware of it um, to report it. And what NICMIC does is then evaluate it uh, at that point and determine if something else needs to happen. Um, I don't know what the process once some once something ends up in NICMIC is. Um, I know what yeah. Apple said was was going to happen because what Apple's technology was doing was only identifying known stuff, whereas what Facebook and Google and everyone else are doing here is identifying potential stuff. Right. But um, my, my question basically is, if it's reported, something is reported to the authorities, right? Now you have somebody who's being investigated, but have they, you know, has any statistics been brought out that it was actually uh, a bogus uh, PSAM or whatever. There, there was one in that Facebook report. I'm trying to find it again. Of the 20 million um, uh, uh, reports, uh, uh, it's, it said how many people were arrested from it. 
Oh, interesting. So must, it, there must have been valid yeah. reports. Right. Yeah. And the, the link that, the link that from Google that you just posted is really interesting because I, mean, I actually said it was like the number of reports from Google was relatively low. Um, or sorry, it was was lower, but the number of pieces of content was high because the number of the reporting multiple pieces at once. I mean, one of the things that I mean, this and this is one thing something I, I I touched on when we first started writing about it, is that I want to say like us normal people, we don't think about this on a regular basis. You know, like I don't, as far as I know, know any you know children who have been have been have been sexually abused and certainly had materials video or photo materials um taken of them i like this has never intersected my life in any way shape or form and so yet when you talk to people who deal with this world it's just horrible i mean it's one of those things where you know one of the guys um on tidbits talk um he was actually in upstate new york here in buffalo and syracuse he was a, a minister and he worked with a lot of um uh at risk teens. And he said, yeah, the things that he saw on a daily basis were just horrible. Um, and, you know, we're lucky that we don't have to see that sort of stuff. But I think that's why these organizations exist. That's why these technologies are, are being, being brought up because it is a problem and it is affecting large numbers of people, just not the ones we're running into on our hopefully I mean, hopefully everyone ends up in a, you know in this sort of world where this doesn't happen. But I think a lot of us we just don't see it. So I guess what I'm trying to say. And Adam, uh, straighten this out for me because I thought maybe early on in the coverage that it was not that Apple was going to be reporting this to law enforcement, but they were going to be reporting it to one of the centers for CSA. So they they Apple does not report to, to the law enforcement. Apple reports to right. NCMEC. But but basically the so the likelihood, honestly, um, if uh, so, Apple does Apple does does two things. First, they shut down the iCloud account. Um, so if if you've got more than thirty pieces of matching of photos that match known illegal photos, so you've got your collection of of CSAM, and you've uploaded iCloud photos such that it's, it's matched and Apple has identified it, and Apple's human reviewer has determined that, yes, this is CSAM, they send it over to NCMEC, but then you're kind of, I mean, like, they've, they kind of got you. I mean, NCMEC's going to go to law enforcement with that, because and, and this is just illegal. It only reports it when you upload the iCloud. Right. So if you keep so, it on your phone, you're never reported. As long as yeah, as long as you as long as you don't actually upload, uh, if you don't don't turn on iCloud photos, you're it's not it's not in any way uh, intersecting with you. In the next part of our conversation with Adam Angst and the Apple Cider User Group, we get into the iPhone 13, have a broader discussion about privacy and the effects of CSAM and Apple's proposals on that, exploding batteries, and a few other things. That's next time on Mac Voices. I hope you'll join us. Until then, as always, I'm Chuck Joyner. Thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com macvoices or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. 
you will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at BackbeatMedia.com Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at Cashfly.com